everybody, welcome to episode 100, 100 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm your 100th host, Sashia Dumont. It's episode 100. We made it. Yep. And two more episodes will be two years. Yep. So take that. So we we watched a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't uh, we don't have a guest. We're still waiting to hear back from people. Mm-hmm. It's a weird time for everybody, so we're not being too pushy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but. so we 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 finally we we watched Capone. Of course, of yep. course, I paid for that. That mm-hmm. was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that review, wanted to uh, discuss um, uh, an indie topic, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to our roots here. No, it's not all about the mainstream. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I think it was IndieWire or one of those you know, air quoting magazines because uh, yeah. like people don't really buy magazines much anymore. And uh, it was an interview with Robert Pattinson, who we seem to talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. He should just agree to be on our show already. Bobby P. Obviously, we have been endorsing him. Seriously. Sans payment for 100 episodes, it seems. Mm-hmm. So... He did an interesting article for 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 the for the actors in the audience. He did the article, or there was an article on it. No, it was an article. He took part in an article. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ! I don't. Dad. I didn't read. I didn't. I don't. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I know. I know, yeah. pops. Just yeah. take a second, all right? What's it, an article on the interwebs? <laughs> God, did he physically make it like origami? So he uh, partook in an article, yeah. if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in an interview, rather. That was regarding his, I guess, return to mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of interesting because, um, you know, he's got two big films coming up. And the the casting on that seemed to get the same response from most people, which was like, what? You know, because for some reason, people still think of Twilight. It's like they think that he did those movies and then he just like went to Aruba. Yeah. And now he's coming back and he's like, you know, how did he, how did he um, earn such prestigious roles? And so he was basically saying that um, the beginning of the year, I think he meant this year or maybe last year. I don't know. He said at the beginning of the year that he was like jobless. Mm. And then he called his agent and he's like, the fuck? Yeah. And I think those were his exact words, if (laughs) I remember correctly. And the agent was like, well, you know. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but you know it was kind of like uh, you know you know what do you we want like what do you, you know and he's like well why don't I get like why am am I not getting the paychecks and stuff and they're like well they just assume you don't want to do that because yeah. all he does is indie film yeah so it was just an interesting sort of dynamic there where um, and now like mind you there I get what he makes for an independent film you know probably live off of for quite a while yeah. uh so you know cer- certainly not shedding tears for his paycheck but there's a significant difference between a film that has a 10 million dollar budget a film that has a 70 million dollar budget mm-hmm. and you know your paycheck in that and so the the irony is that he was usually the reason why independent films were funded yeah so he was the selling point but in mainstream film, he's got to convince people why he should be in their movie. I know. Ironic. And so this was like the, that's what the article was discussing. And I thought, all right, this would be, this would be something to talk about on just like, you know, again, your, what you can survive on in your sustainability is subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he's still, he seems like a, a weird person to me. Like he seems kind of like a little uh, eccentric. Okay. Use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like an eccentric person to me. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm sure, but like most Hollywood types, you know, they're still very eccentric in their $2 million house. Right. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's a lot of that going on. And the, the, the truth of the matter is he's a very good actor. Yeah. We've, uh, I don't know. Talked about it. We've we've cheerled him Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many times. He's a really good actor, but now he's having to prove himself to get yeah. into not so much that they didn't think he deserved the parts, but they were like, oh, no, he's an indie actor. He's not going to want to do this mainstream movie with like Christopher Nolan or anything. And right. he's like, no, I'll, I'll do a movie with Christopher Nolan. You just never offered me that. Yeah, that movie. And so I think everybody thought much like I did. I don't know about you, but yeah, I mean that he was just like because he wasn't a big fan of the the Twilight Hysteria. Everybody on, on Twilight liked Twilight. They yeah. all made fun of that shit. Well, no, not just the the context of the movie or, or if it was good, but just the, what came with it, you know, and the paparazzi and the and the. Well, you talking can't about Kristen Stewart, who hates doing interviews. So yeah, like the yeah, two of them, the two of them, yeah, the stars of that film. So he was very vocal about not liking the attention, yeah. from it. So you know, if I, I don't really necessarily blame people for not saying, hey, let's, we should get that Robert Pattinson guy. Remember he said that he doesn't like all the fame from big budget movies. I don't think it's that, though. I think, like, if, you're, if, I'm, if I'm doing a serious drama, I'm not going to think about the guy from Twilight. No, I'm talking about you know, he's doing indies now and then going back into mainstream movies mm-hmm. like Batman and stuff like that. So if you're directing a huge, you know, $200 million movie, would do you really want the guy who complained about all the attention he got from the last time he did a huge budget film? Yeah, but you know what I mean, because yeah. there's so much of that. So much of that uh, film is the stars having to go out and promote it and yeah, travel all over. I, and, I think that ev- I think that even those filmmakers know that those those movies were terrible, and they're like, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, he still did. He still did the thing. Even if he the movies just, were good, I don't. Yeah, he still did the thing. I don't. I don't. I mean, that that may have something to do with it, but I think it's just more so that people did not, you know, just didn't associate him with bigger budgeted films and serious stuff in the, in those beginning days. Mm-hmm. And then he did a lot of independent film to get the hell away from that. Yeah. That was really his only way out of it because he wasn't going to jump into big movies for that reason. Nobody was going to hire a guy who played a vampire in a teen, you know, yeah. adaptation of a book or something. That's the You know, it's really, really hard to be taken seriously after that. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because that's what catapults you into stardom mm-hmm. and you make your money and then you plateau and then where the hell do you go from there? Because where's everybody else from those? Like, what the hell happened to like Lautner? Was that? I don't know. You're like, I don't know what the hell like, I don't know what that kid does. Yeah. Um, but um, Kristen Stewart's another actor that people love hating that girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you either like her or you can't stand her. There's no gray area with her. I'm actually, I feel like I, I, I think I'm in the gray area with her. I don't, you know. I like her. I don't think, I think she's think a bad she's... actor. I don't think she's like some amazing indie actor that is, you know, much like Pattinson. Um, she's certainly a good actor. You know, there's no question about that. But A lot uh, of people would question that. Yeah, well, I don't... Um, you know, I would never go see a movie just because she was, was in it, and I would never not see a movie because she was in it. So she's see, I would see a movie if she was in yeah. it, um, depending on the role, because it's like I don't know what it is about her. And yeah, I don't. When I think of just really strict, um, multifaceted character actors, I don't think of of Kristen Stewart, but I don't think of a lot of actors that sure. I generally yeah. like. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a that's a very specific kind of niche. Um, the Hoffmans of the world, if you will. Yeah. I mean, everything is, can you, can you hold your own with Hoffman? If you're the actor who can hold your own with Hoffman, then, then you're up there with him. But yeah. not everybody's at that level. That's a, that's a difficult level to achieve. And so I just feel like, I, I don't know. I enjoy her. I don't, I've never, you know, she's done stuff that you're like, 
All right. But it wasn't even so much her well, so part it as it was the film that it was like, yeah. oh, I don't really like this film too much. So I'm not going to like this too much. Yeah. But I do like her. And um, um, she had done, Kristen Stewart had done a film called Camp X-Ray. And that was for me, like kind of when I, when I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm actually going to give her a shot here because I didn't think really, you know, I, I thought of her as the Twilight actor before mm-hmm. that. And then I saw that film and granted her, um, her co-star in that was uh, to me, like the the star in that film, um, is it Paimon Madi? I believe. Mm-hmm. Really, like, this his performance was just so good, and but I st- I still felt that she did a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a stronger actor, but I still felt that she did a good job. And you know, some people just like to hate her because she's socially awkward, and that's kind yeah. of what I like about her. I yeah. love watching interviews where people are like, "This is so uncomfortable." And I'm like, "That's why I'm here," <laughs> is to just see her. You could just see her like, oh, "I don't want to do this." It's a fine line with you because you also hate when people are embarrassing themselves. I don't think she embarrasses herself. I no, just but think it's that still she... overall. They're still both awkward situations. You know? Yeah, that's not the same thing. Like embarrassing yourself and just like refusing to be like you know this smiling bouncing idiot in every interview is completely different like she just uh, nobody expects that from her so um you're gonna have people like the like the the lettermans of the world that try to make a joke out of it and it's just like you're the one who's making this interview weird because you know you're not going to get that from her that's not Right. Who she is. Right. So it, it's it's actually like more on the the talk so talk show hosts when they do that. But she, you know, she's done a couple interviews that, um, you know, she just she, there she says what she has to say and she's out. Like she doesn't yeah. think too much about it. Um, ironically, uh, she did she did get some shade from another another actor. Mm. Do you recall? No. You don't remember Tatiana Maslany shit talking her? No. Yeah, she she shit talked her in an in interview. And mm. I actually thought, like, I remember reading the interview and being like, oh, that was unnecessary. Yeah. I think basically, like, saying that, uh, I think she was trying to find some professional way to say that she doesn't give her all and she's not that great of an actor. Right. And, like, look, Maslani's a, she's a very strong actor, but I don't know, I thought I thought it was, it was a little, it was kind of a catty comment there. Yeah. I thought, like, mm, I don't know if I would, like, in an interview, if I'm trying to uh, gain likability, if I yeah. want to be like, you know, this other actor... They could stand to be better. (laughs) Then again, I mean, that's kind of the point of the show sometimes is to go like, "Mm, that wasn't good. Yeah. But I feel like that's a little, you know, that's different than just like there was no need. You know, if we're reviewing a film, then I have to give my honest opinion and say, oh, I I, I did or didn't like this. And, you know, as I said before, if something's really terrible, I won't even really bring it up. Yeah, but that's that's different than talking about someone personally like we're talking about the movie as a it's whole it's relevant you know? yeah, it's, yeah it's it's a relevant topic we're versus not saying the director's versus somebody being like what's your inspiration for being a good actor well not being like Kristen stewart yeah <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> so uh poor Kristen. so anyway yeah that 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 article i thought you know for the actors out there what do you do i guess you know because the the cash cow is is tempting who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to, and, and, and in all fairness, it's not like he's picking, I mean, get so much shade for this. It's not like he's picking Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, it's tenants. It's fucking Christopher Nolan. You know what I mean? So it's going to be. Well, he's in a, he's in a. He's in a DC Batman. Movie. Yeah, I know he's in a Batman movie, but I feel like that that's going to be a, see, to me, DC is always darker. Even when it fails, it's darker. They try to do the drama thing. Whereas Marvel's just like uh. kind of goes out there like happy colors all the time yeah i mean dc fails a lot a lot <laughs> yeah but uh i feel like yeah, anyway, I can't, i'm not gonna turn I this into a comic picture book him movie in, in a marvel world 
if he's gonna do a comic book movie, he can't. He's he can't survive in the Marvel world. He has to go he DC. Survive. He can't survive in there. He doesn't have the personality for it. Yeah. He just doesn't. Well, he's an actor, and so he's he do and he, he literally doesn't have to have the face for it because he's in a freaking suit half the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how much of Bruce Wayne they're gonna have, but yeah. you know, people are watching it because it's Batman and. Yeah, where when when that announcement was made and people were like, are you kidding me? I didn't think, oh, because he can't hold his own. I just thought, oh, I'm surprised he would want to do a Batman yeah. movie. But cha-ching. Yeah. So I'm not going to hate on the guy. Nope. Um, yeah. So, so you know. Yeah, I, 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 I like him a lot. I think he's a good actor. And uh, I'm glad to see him back in the mainstream because I feel like he can really bring something to those characters. You know, some cool kind of unique. Irony, that Unique you look. like you were the reason why something got funded, and then just the, seeing the differences in those two worlds. That you know, you could have a studio go, mm, I really know about this movie. I don't know, you know, eh, we kind of like the script and this and that. And then somebody goes like, Well, we got Robert Pattinson, and they're like funded. Yeah, it's power. We just got to get Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys can hear, but there's torrential downpours. Yeah. So if you hear. Noises for the hundredth episode, perfect. Yep, God is crying on our hundredth episode. Yeah, let's face it. If it's really bad on the playback, we're gonna have to re-record this because that'll drive me nuts. I just can't. I just can't. It's so hard to listen to our earlier episodes. Let's talk about this for the one hundredth episode. How much we've grown? I guess production-wise, like we we literally started with our mics on an IKEA desk. Yeah. And the computer right there to the side and our, our laptop, we would put, it, you know, the laptop so that we could do our FaceTime and our, you know, face to face with our guests. And yep. we hadn't yet quite picked up on the fact that we should have our guests record their audio, which yeah. sometimes still doesn't happen because it can't or whatever. Yep. But 90 percent of the time we have isolated audio. And when I hear our earlier episodes and I'm like, Oh my God, how did we not think of this? Yeah. <laughs> it took us so long. Yeah. Fun times. Especially us because we'd be on the show talking about how important audio is in film. And then our podcast would be like, Oh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as good as it is now. You know, a lot, you know, and you invest in equipment, you learn how to do it over the period of time. And then you get it down to, um, like a science, but you kind of have like, you know, our voices never change generally, you know, our mic placement doesn't change much. So a lot of the settings that will work on one podcast can kind of carry over to another one. And you just kind of go through and tweak it and make sure each, each time that it's nothing's, you know, getting crazy and, you know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Plus I feel like people are forgiving, you know, if you have something interesting to say or you're funny. I don't know anything about either of those things, but if you have those, then <laughs> then uh, then it's it's okay, you know. Well, I I mean we've we've listened to podcasts from people that have buttloads of followers, and audio has been like, God, why is that like peaked yeah. so loud? That's so or uh, so low. I got to yeah, crank it's it all so the way low, up. and it's you know from one pa- podcast to another, you can barely hear one, and the other one. Once you jump into that, you're deaf now because it's mm-hmm. the 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 range is is so extreme. Um, I think probably more for me, the thing with the audio is like, yeah, I mean, you know, a tinny sound is is never great. I hate that, but it's just that anything like FaceTime and and that crap is that um, it cuts out a lot. Yeah, and so 
if we're getting their audio, then the audience doesn't know that for like 10 solid seconds, we had no fucking idea what that person was saying. (laughs) And we're trying to follow it freezes, it cuts out. And so being able to have somebody else's audio isolated, it's just a much smoother process. In the very beginning, we would have those moments where we were talking to somebody and the the screen would just freeze and the audio would go with it. And we were Mm. just looking at each other like, (laughs) yeah. There's no fixing this. And someone's in the middle of a sentence. So you don't want to be like, ah, 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 excuse yeah. me, we can't hear you or see you or anything. Can you just have that whole conversation with us over again? Yeah. Plus the technology is getting gotten a bit better too, you know, and um, the biggest problem is always going to be in this country anyway, is the broadband, mm. you know, um, cause we could have good broadband, you know, we could have good internet access, but if the person doesn't. <laughs> I always think of like that being a derogatory way of saying a girl band broadband oh yeah <laughs> every time i hear that i'm like ew yeah it's a broadband <laughs> i hate the word broad i hate that word yeah i'll take a see you next tuesday i have no problem with that word lots yeah. of people do i don't but if someone called me a broad i'd be like oh we're fighting i'll see you next tuesday i always think of british people anyway yeah because they use it all the time yeah and it's endearing almost yeah. so i don't but even i don't I just never i don't know i never really because I think the kind of in in this country when Americans use that word, the type of person it's coming from, I can't even take seriously mm. because it's usually like some tiny crotched insecure asshole. Yeah, and so it's like oh. right, it's never like oh my god, she's a highly educated broad. Yeah, <laughs> That's a, no, no, this the, this never... see you next Tuesday. Oh, that one. You yeah. know, I it's I don't I don't think of like some like highly like some scholarly professor calling me a cunt. Yeah. It's always just some douchebag that says it. So it's like, I don't, I'm supposed to be offended by something that you call me. Yeah. But yet that same person says broad and I'm ready to start kicking teeth. I don't know. Yeah. I just hate it. <laughs> I just what? don't like it. So broadband, I always think of like a That's bunch funny. of like hair twir- twirling, like gum chewing broads in a band. Isn't that what it a, means? a female band that is called broadband. There should be if there yeah. isn't. Well. I'm coining it. Yeah. <laughs> so you heard it here. Good luck getting that URL though. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's going to be everywhere. I think it's clever. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Who wants to join with me? Who wants to be in the broadband? The broadband. So, um, okay. Man. I I have talked about this film too much to not review it. Yeah. We have to review it. I have to review it. We have talked about it quite a bit. And I review everything that I watched that Mr. Thomas Hardy is in. Um, Thomas. I believe that's his middle name, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, stalker alert. Um, so Capone. Capone. What can I say about Capone? What can you say? <laughs> well, it was released on VOD. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if they're still intending to do a theatrical release. Yeah. It's, it stars know. Tom Hardy. That's it. That's, it, it stars Tom Hardy. It was say that. originally Fonzo. And when he was all over the Instagrams with it for what seems like the ages title was ago. Fonzo. Yeah, it was oh. Fonzo. And then it. Now they stuck with Capone, but like if you type in Fonzo, the same poster will come up. It's still, it's like they're going by both names. And uh, so, uh, gosh. All right. So it's, it's writer, director, and editor, all the same person. Yes. Josh Trank. Mm -hmm. And normally that's like a plus for me because, and usually don't get editing. That's almost, that almost never happens. You get writer, director, but very few people edit their own shit unless you're like, you know, Robert Rodriguez or Tarantino or something like that. Usually, 
but not many directors. Kevin Smith. Yeah, will we'll edit their own stuff. And so I thought, okay, this is interesting. Um, not going to say I was like a huge fan of his. I, I saw Chronicle. Mm-hmm. I experienced it. Yeah. You know, and Either then Fantastic Four. Yeah, we didn't that ain't fucking that. happening for me. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And uh, even if it got good reviews, I had zero interest in seeing yeah. that. So <clears throat> I was like, I immediately, you know, this is kind of like the Pattinson thing, right? Where I thought, okay, I don't know how the hell he got this film, but he got Hardy in it. So yeah. that was his, that was his golden ticket. Listen, I got Tom Hardy got in here. Of, so a lot he's of gonna, decent people in it. He got a lot of, well, he got Linda Cardellini, who's yeah. just fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. And um, so, okay. So I think the film had like a $10 million budget. Okay. Which by it's Hollywood nothing. standards is pennies. Yeah. As we know, but still in our world is like, holy shit, he, you know, got $10 million. Um, okay, find good things to say. Find good things to say. Okay, set design, lovely. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe. Some of the um, the boom and, and aerial shots were nice. Yeah. You know, like the establishing shots of things. Were... Cinematography was good. I won't, mm-hmm. like it wasn't stellar, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the set design was great. The, any period piece, you know, with wardrobe usually, and, I, and it's my favorite period is the 40s, so I always love that. Hair and all that stuff is really good. Um, you got Tom Hardy and you got Linda Cardellini. Check, check, check. Okay. Um, but the script was so bad mm-hmm. that that kind of didn't matter. Yeah. I don't, it hurts me to say that because of those two kids. Those two kids. I love those two kids, but I have to be, I have to be honest. I, that I can't, I can't, uh, I'm not, I can't bullshit you. <laughs> I cannot even I can't not bullshit you people. Not, not, not even for Hardy. I can't do it. It, it felt like the perfect combination of insecurity and overindulgence. Mm. And it, it felt like what happens when a director wants to well, like wants the attention of having made a biopic, but not wanting to actually do any of the work mm-hmm. that goes into making a biopic. And I'm, I'm not being a, like a sarcastic, snarky asshole. Biopics are really tricky. A lot of times I don't I don't know. I don't think that there's any biopic that anybody's ever been like, no, that was perfect. That's exactly how everything went down. There's yeah. always somebody from somewhere in that person's history that's like nope that didn't happen they exaggerated this this never you know yeah. green book came out and the family yeah. was like yeah no you know that there's always this stretch this the, the hollywood stretch to cuz it still has to be uh you still need three acts friendly and, yeah. and it, you know you want to you want to have the audience still feel engaged and sometimes people will lie about that and that's why i'm always kind of like meh about biopics because i'm like well what are they going to take the the liberties with and just kind of add things in to make it a more exciting script. And, but even when they do that, there's still a lot of research that goes into it. If you're doing that, you're making a a movie about somebody's life, especially a gangster, one of the most well-known gangsters in this country and people outside of the country even know that. I mean, everyone knows that name in the world. You hear Capone and Mm -hmm. you know, and I felt like there was almost zero research done on because this this the entire film and the, the whole premise is basically what's going on in capone's mind which we would never have validity of yeah okay so it's like one giant fucking acid trip that just is based on assumptions it's just artistic freedom he just went with it and then happened to throw capone in there and that's yeah. what i feel like he was like oh i want to make a movie where i get to do whatever the hell i want and have a lot of control and then with the 
kind of backlash that he got because he got like murdered after Fantastic Four. Yeah. How do you recover from that? Well, let me pick the world's most famous gangster and let me throw some A-listers in there because if I can get that, I'm golden. And somebody had said, I don't remember, I don't remember who the articles was by that was just like, how the hell did Tom Hardy agree to this? Tom Hardy has been trying to pay Al Capone for a long time and he was supposed to do it with, I forgot, somebody else was doing a film and it never came to fruition. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Trank was just Trank, right? Yeah. That he was kind of like, hey, if, like he might have known that information. Yeah, and yeah. Like I can reel him in because we get to play Al Capone and this and yeah. that. And, you know, I don't know that this is what like if Hardy went in knowing this was w- what it was going to be. I would love to just be like, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> baby, 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 talk to and me. What happened? What happened, baby? <laughs> just, <laughs> what were you thinking? Because um, I just I don't get it. And as 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 big of a of a hardy fan as i am to me the the saving grace in this film and there really isn't but the person that stood out to me performance wise was cardellini mm-hmm. i felt like she had the strongest yeah. performance yeah i don't know you know it's so hard for and we've talked about it before you know where tom hardy was coming from with some of the choices that he made you know and if these are choices that were worked out with him and the director, or if these were choices that the director kind of um, wanted him to see, or if these are choices that the director just let Tom Hardy go and do whatever. Um, but in the wrong either way, there's just, I just didn't understand a lot of the choices that were being made and why they're being made. Because, you know, for me, I, I learned nothing about him, Mm-mm. nothing, you know, um, and it wasn't interesting in terms of a character study, you know, because. If all right, let's say I'm not going to learn anything about him. This is the last year of his life, but there's no arc. There's no arc, and there's no and there's no there's nothing that this person's going through that I can not necessarily relate to because I didn't have a life like that. But the, he, but going through something and and knowing where this person stands with at any given moment, you know. So if you know, I don't know what he's thinking. I never know what. Mm-hmm. He's really thinking, you know, we have these weird kind of acid things and then he's scared and angry. Not actual and acid things, but he had. Yeah, yeah. He, like his, these, he, these, had, he had like um, a stroke and then he would like kind of go in his head. And Well, th- for those for those who don't know that he had he had his jail stint and then they believed the the U.S. government believed that he was faking, I believe, dementia. Yeah. To, you know, get out of everything. And so there were there are people to this day who claim he never had any issues with his cognitive, you know, his cognitive uh, awareness and that he was very much sound mentally. Yeah. Um, And then other people were like, yeah, no, he was deteriorating. And there's no um, there's really not a lot of footage or anything of him Mm -hmm. during that time. So I don't know what he looked like, uh, you know, to really make the comparison. Let's get into that, though. Let's get into what he looked like. I do know what he did look like yeah. in his prime. And it looked nothing yeah. like what Tom Hardy was like painted up to be. So well, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no freaking idea what they were thinking, especially Al Capone had like big. He had like a giant Cartman head, huge puffy cheeks and giant eyebrows. None of that was incorporated yeah. In the hair and makeup for this. And I feel like I had made a joke when we, when the movie was over that I said, I feel like if you had to sum up the movie, that it was it was Josh going to the makeup department, like the makeup department, like, all right, what are you looking for? And Josh going, all right, do you remember Biff from Back to the Future when he got older and he showed him at the end? 
Yeah. Okay. Like that, but way sweatier and always with a cigar. And then, by the way, what have you got in the watery stools department? And then makeup going, why? And him going, trust me. (laughs) And that's it. That was the whole conversation, I think, when it was like hair and makeup that like he just didn't even reference what he actually looked like. Um, If you haven't seen the film, the watery stools will make sense to you if you do see it. Mm -hmm. Um, That was incorporated once visually, but it was a topic twice. Yeah, and Tom this, Hardy just kind of grunted shit and spat and pissed his way through this film. I mean, if you go online and you look for pictures of Al Capone, there's like two pictures on Google, the same two pictures that'll pop up with him having the cigar in his mouth. 90% of all the pictures, he does not have a cigar in his mouth. Yeah. And it was incredibly distracting because Tom Hardy's already been accused of being a grunter when he's not playing a character. He has a very low register and he's yeah. accused of being a grunter. Then you're shoving a cigar in his mouth for 95% of his scenes. Then he, I don't know, he was channeling like this, like drowning T-Rex walking dead thing. So Mm -hmm. you, like his words were not really audible. You couldn't, you didn't know when he was talking or making sounds. I'm not being a dick. I'm just like, you just honestly couldn't tell. It was, it was, was, and I'm not being overly dramatic, but it was literally like, if he was turning into a zombie. Yeah. Like if I knew nothing about the movie and I jumped in, you know, halfway through and I'd be like, is this person turning into a zombie? Cause that's literally like how it he was like kind a parody. of playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Capone meets the walking dead yeah, or something because like that. His mental health was declining and you know, he couldn't talk and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was just a weird, it was a weird, it was a lot of weird decisions that I didn't understand. So, and for that reason, it just didn't, uh, it didn't, you know, the film didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Um, man, there, uh, I would have liked to have learned something about him or, you know, um, there was, there was an issue that we had also from the jump, um, when we realized, okay, so a lot of this is in his head. These are flashbacks of people that he'd obviously known in his past that he'd had relations with this and that. So Matt Dillon's character yeah, is that was, a that figment was a of his imagination. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. He knew this person. This was a person from his past that he was close with. But in the film, when you see him in the film, he's a figment of his imagination. Yet we're introduced to that character outside of Capone's world, in yeah. his own world, banging a girl yeah. over a couch. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's what threw me off because I was like, all right, is this guy... In his head is this guy, not in his head. I, I wasn't sure what was happening with him, with Matt Dillon's character, um, because because of that, the, the way. And, and maybe there was some reasoning that got cut out or something. I don't know. But that that was just, I just did not get that at all. To be fair. Not one bit. Not one bit. To be fair, we're not alone in our opinion of this. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was reading a lot of reviews and it's a lot of the same thing. Um, you you know, you get that those random people that were like, I loved it, but yeah. that's not doesn't seem to be the majority of of the reviews of it. And um, I always like to I like to read reviews because I like to see what's familiar in yeah. what some because you know, sometimes people complain about the dumbest things and you're like, that's why you gave it a low score. I mean, yeah. come on. But I really I couldn't argue with a lot of the issues that people had with it. It just going back to the pooping thing. um, the first time was like, okay, because you're like, oh, well, you realize this sure. is part of the illness, right? Yeah. This is part of the illness and this happens and you're like, fuck, that sucks. 
the second time it was introduced did such an injustice to any part of this film that was supposed to be serious. Yeah. It was like a skit. Yeah. I felt like I was sitting in on a skit and I wondered how the fuck anyone in that scene got through it with a straight face, <laughs> knowing what was going on. And then for the rest of the film, I, you know, he's traipsing around in a full diaper. Yeah. I, oh. <laughs> that just makes my brain hurt. Yeah. I, I'm so, I've waited for this film for so long. And, uh, you know, I admit when I saw the makeup for it on the socials, I was like, mm, I don't know. That doesn't, I immediately thought Biff, like I said, I was yeah. like, that looks like old Biff. And then going, just going through the film, I was like, wow, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what's happening. And so here's the thing. Um, sometimes great actors don't make great choices. Sure. Nobody's perfect. There's always like some performance that you're like, oh, I love this actor, but this wasn't my favorite performance. Mm -hmm. It's the majority of my performances. I can live with it. That's fine. You know what I mean? Hey, you got to know your levels. Um, and to me, obviously, Hardy's a, a high caliber actor. Uh -huh. And so, but let's just say, let's just say that he, I don't know, he took some shrooms or something and came up with the crazy idea that he was going to voice this character as a zombie. And then, because there's no way, you know, this was discovered day one of the shoot. You had rehearsals. I know he sat down with the director and had yeah. discussions about how this was going to be played. And uh, this, so, so the problem here is that either he sat down and said to the director, here's how I think Capone would have sounded at this point in his life. <laughs> and then Trank was like, um, I love it. Yeah. That's on the director. Yep. Right. Because what do you, why? Or he was introduced to this character in this manner and didn't want to say anything and just let Tom Hardy do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand because to me that, you know, l just level wise, you're out of your league as a director with Hardy. But you got to learn part of being a director is being like, dude, love you. But I'm not feeling that weird grunting thing because I can't hear you or understand you. And okay, that may be part of the character because of right. his mental state that he's not, you know, there's not a lot of clarity there. Yeah. But now we're going to shove a cigar in your face. That's so going to sound even more muffled. And we're going to need subtitles at this point because yeah. no one knows what the fuck you're trying to say. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of dialogue. No. There's a lot of grunting. Yeah. But there's not a lot of like actual dialogue that you follow. It's, it's a very visual film, if you will. Um, Imagine the supercut and somebody gets a hold of this film and edits just all the grunts together. <laughs> Someone it's has to be like do that. An hour long. <laughs> Someone has to do that. I would say, no exaggeration, that probably 75% of his dialogue is just noises coming out of him. Yeah. And I feel like that falls on the director either way. Either you as a director saw no issue with that in terms of what is going to be what your audience can follow. Yeah. Or you did take issue with it, but just didn't say anything. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you doing? I would love doing? to know. I would love to know which one it is. I don't know. Probably the first one. I th I could see him being like, oh, well, it's Tom Hardy. And let's face it. I got this budget because it's Tom Hardy. Well, so let me just I let mean, him do whatever he wants. He's A-listers before, you know. And we saw how Miles that went. Teller and... We saw how that yeah. went. Well, yeah. But either a way, it's not like listen, he's... Listen, again, let's go into what's most important, right? Someone's going to fight me on this. 
I don't care how great the actor is. If your script is shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can have Miles Teller. You can have all these amazing uh, people. And I'm just talking in in. in did we in, not see Benicio del Toro in the Wolfman? In re- I will kill. All I will of kill you. all of you. That was I'm just the talking only about got. him being comfortable talking to A-list actors and saying no, that doesn't work. I'm sure he's. Yeah, but sure I, I think at, especially after Fantastic Four, he had to know he was he was t- biting off a whole lot doing something on Capone. You know, people are people are going to be shitting on you before you even started because they're like, yeah, I saw your last film. How did you get this? And so I don't know. I'm just I, this. This, I'm, this is a, a guess, but I don't know. Maybe he was intimidated and he didn't want to say uh-huh. anything or either way, whether he thought it sounded great or he didn't and didn't say anything. No good. I don't know yep. how like who, whoever the like whoever was running the boom how they weren't like listen can we talk for a second i just just real quick like so just real Kevin quick james running the boom. yeah real real quick real quick can i talk to you uh that sounds terrible yeah. <laughs> like, i've been listening to this for the past three hours and i want to like stick a, a knife into my face i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> i don't i don't know yeah i don't know it, it was it, it was just such an odd choice I don't know. And there was so much staring off, which is going to be like, oh, if it's yeah. because he's lost in his and there own mind. There and wasn't it's like, anything, yeah, I get that. But I know, mean, they had this one kind of thread that they were pulling at with like his kid, one of his yeah. kids. Which is not true. Whether it's true or not, it's in the in the context of the film. But if the, it's if, still it's still it's still like didn't I don't know. It, it, it just seemed to like. Be a big deal at the end, but it didn't matter the rest of the film, really. It was just like this weird thing. But if you're going to take liberties with like this, you know, this big scene that takes place at the end where he loses his shit. That's what I'm saying. Right. If you're going to take liberties and be like, let's just add crazy stuff in there, um, then I looked it it up afterwards and this kid, this other kid doesn't exist anywhere. Hmm. So he just made that up. Yeah. to I don't know to add like some heartstringy moment or at least say like okay in his mind there's another kid but in reality there isn't right right he thinks there you know he's, he's my little. understanding no it was definitely real in the film yeah but what I'm saying is if you're gonna take liberties and add that storyline then have it be something that's in his head because as in terms of facts go that's not true yeah. that other kid wasn't he didn't have that other son or yeah. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody out there, I don't know, but yeah. I, I looked it and, up and, and I was like, it, it, it's not real. I just, couldn't, I just couldn't follow it. I didn't know what he was thinking. You know, I think it's important that if, if you want to connect with the main character, even just to understand what he's going through, even though you haven't gone through, but you like, I know what, mm-hmm. I know that this is what the film is telling me he's going through. Uh, it didn't even accomplish that for me, you know, because I, at any moment he's staring off and I'm like, what is he, what has happened? Like, I don't know where he's at. Is he, you know what I mean? I, I just didn't. There's one point at the dinner table where I could see like part of his makeup sort of peeling up by his face too. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and uh, there was one scene, a shot rather, I'll say that I I, I really did like and it was really cool. And I just wish there had been more of that Um, when he goes to take a leak and he thinks he hears something and he pulls back the shower and there's an agent and like, you know. Hardy's the king of intimidating stares. Yeah. With or with, I don't care how much makeup he has on, he has a tilt to his, the same like tilt to his yeah. head, which you know is how he actually does this in real life. Yeah. He's trying to intimidate you. This is the face that he makes because he does it in every film when he's intimidating somebody. And it was, the tension was crazy because yeah. for a second you can go like, 
well, they're not that ballsy that they'd actually be in the house, but maybe they were. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit, he's so out of it that he's staring right at this guy and not sure if he's really there or not. And then just proceeds. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. That was and a really was a cool case, shot. That was a case of like not knowing where he's at helps build that tension. Yeah. You know, because you don't know, is he going to walk that. away? Is he going to kill this person? What's going to what's going to happen? Um, so it worked in that regards. But I don't know. It needed a whole lot more of that. That scene was really cool. Yeah. And it just made me sad. I'm not like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm angry. I'm not just like, oh, I'm I didn't not like mad, this. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Um, I, I don't, I would never just, I would never want to shit on anything that Hardy does or that he's been in rather. But it's just, I felt like it had so much potential and it didn't work for I feel like for really self-indulgent reasons, not just like, oh, this person didn't have a lot of experience and maybe this, that and the other. If you told me this was like a first time filmmaker, I'd be like, all right, I can I can forgive a lot of shit like you're you're getting. But it's like they like I said, they were overindulgent choices. It was like you just you're trying to be fucking fancy for the sake of it. And it's not and you're taking the story down just so that you could be that filmmaker that has some crazy visual theme the visual going and it there wasn't even any kind of like but that's in that this is where it it doesn't work for him in his mind that's what i'm saying in yeah. his mind he was doing so he's so cool i'm so cool for this right now and it's like you're just you're fucking up the whole story so that you could be different like mm. when someone tries to be different it's like you just either are like either you're either just a, because I've seen the other shit that you've done. So don't don't come at me like you're some visual, like obscure filmmaker. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, if there was a theme to all to your I actually liked Chronicle. Films, so I liked Chronicle. But if you watched Chronicle, more, more you would never think that director was more making conceptually, Capone. you know, I feel like there was a there was a lot of potential there, but. Right, but visually, you didn't leave that film being like, I don't know what the point of any of that was. It yeah, was all no, visual. I, yeah, you had I, a story. I, yeah. yep. And that's what this was. It was like the story just didn't even matter. I felt like yeah. he didn't even give two shits about the story. It was just um, um, an opportunity to celebrate himself. That's how it felt. Yeah. And, you know, the stereotype of a director, when you think of a like a self-intelligent director, that's what Capone was like. Two hours of somebody praising themselves. and. I'll, all I can say is that I hope no one ever lets him edit a film again. <laughs> we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. I would never try to edit a film. I will co-edit a film by standing behind you and being like, I don't like that scene. I don't like that scene. I don't like that scene. But I mean, when you have to sit down and conceptually think of something as a whole, that's something that you do. I don't do that. You know, and you just got to know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not my thing. Or I need more time to, to get better at this. I just felt like he was like, no, I got it. I got but, this. But she didn't got it. Yeah. You don't got it. That was not just the editing was. I wonder like if someone else had, were there scenes that made more sense? If we had given, if we give this to an editor, like could they make something yeah, different? That's the thing you don't know is what was we'll left know. on the cutting room floor. You know, if there was a, uh, if the movie was originally, you know, generally you shoot more than you need. Yeah, but you know, so I don't know if there was a bigger story that he cut down for pacing or or whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, was this not that not that I, I think that there's any kind of footage out there that would save it? No, but. I, I I we haven't seen the script, so I don't know what it looked like versus what we got as a final cut. But I wonder, like, did was it was it was it sort of um, was it shopped to the actors in? another manner and form yeah. and then he took the liberties uh, trust to me this make... is going to be brilliant just do this <laughs> trust me watery diarrhea did he you know kind of take the liberty to make this film because the actors will never say but yeah. 
you know, if I read that script the way that it was filmed, I would have been like, the fuck? And so it'd be interesting. It's not afterwards. You're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we filmed. Um, that? Who the hell is that? That? Who the hell is that? I I don't know. No. I don't know. I um I will be very interested to see what. What homeboy does next? Yeah. It's almost a morbid curiosity at this point. I'm not rooting for you. It's not like Shyamalan. Right. Like when Shyamalan he, had threads of something Yeah, great. when when he sometimes lets me down, I'm like, oh, you have it in there. I've seen it before. Yeah. I don't like this, but damn it. You know, and I'll, I always, I always go back to him. But with this, it's just more, it's just sheer, like morbid curiosity if yeah. he makes something else. Because if it's three in a row of suckage, then I'm like, you're off. That's it. You can't come into the house anymore. Well, he got kicked off Star Wars. Thank God. He was supposed to do the... the, Can you imagine what he would have done to it? We would have never heard the end of it from the fans. Supposedly, his script was released, and and, um, I think a lot of people preferred that over JJ's. Yeah, but then he would have edited it himself. Who knows what he would have done. And there would have been, like, I don't know, a flying monkey in the river. He would have running around with a lightsaber. (laughs) 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 So Ray shits in the bed. I don't understand what's happening. I don't. All right. I mean, I'll go with it, but uh, we dip the lightsaber in the shit. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. All right. You're the director. Um, and action. We're being so mean. I know that. But you know what? I paid $13 for that film and I gave you two hours of my life. And I lived in anticipation for quite some time. And that, sir, was not what I was expecting. Mm. I feel slighted. And, uh, but you know what? I, I, okay, so we talked about it in the review, and I move on. Yeah. You know, I'm always going to watch what Tom's in, mm-hmm. so I just didn't like this, and I don't know if it was his doing or a combination of the two with a lot of these choices, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. So, episode 100, duty. Yeah. <laughs> It was disappointing. Yeah. I was I was bummed. And honestly, I think probably I think like thirty minutes in, I I already knew. Like thirty minutes in, I was like, "This is yeah. like after the first... Oh, that was another thing we said. So the opening scene made no sense in terms of like aesthetics. This like the scene that followed that was a perfect opening scene. It was mm. like he got oh, them right. switched. Yeah. It was so weird. I don't know why he chose that scene to open with. Yeah. Because the scene that followed that was way better. Yeah. It's just like this establishing, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It just uh, a bizarre choice. And so I had this feeling in the pit of my my belly after that opening shot. I was like, I'm already I'm on edge here. Yeah. I'm on it. This this isn't start. I'm, I got a feeling like I'm not feeling it. And I was like, <laughs> all right, just started to shoot. Just started. And after like 20 minutes, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then 30 minutes in, I was like, there's nothing is going to save this. This is just going to get worse. I didn't know how much worse. There was no way for me to anticipate that. Yeah. But it. I just knew it wasn't going to get better. And so I was just like, all I kept thinking was, why the fuck did I talk about this so much on the podcast? <laughs> because now I'm going to have to review this film because people are going to be like, what happened to Capone? You kept saying you were going to review Capone. It came out. You were going to get it. And I did get it. So I talked Boy, about it. Boy, did we get it. <laughs> Boy, did we get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Such is life. Live and learn. Life. Live and learn. Um, that's it for today. That is it. We're just going to end. Down. We're going to end on a disappointing note. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, but so let's let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. Bring it up. Um, so we just want to say thank you 
Thank you. To everybody out there. 100 episodes in, almost two years in. It does not feel like it's been two years. In some ways it does, and in some ways it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, I don't even know. I can't anticipate what the next 100 episodes, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think on the, on a, on the perspective of business, I'm supposed to be like, we're going to have three times as many followers at episode 200. We're going to have uh, sponsors. Yeah. And we're going to have all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm a pessimist. Yeah. And so I'm like, I mean, yeah, that would be cool. But realistically, that's probably not going to happen. We'll see. We do the show because we, we just love enjoy doing the it. show. We just yeah. we enjoy doing the podcast. And so that's what we do every week. And if all those other things come along, if we can actually like quit our day jobs and just do a podcast, uh, yes, please. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, but not going to happen. But yeah, I mean. You're well, not Joe Rogan or Dak Shepard. Those are the only two successful podcasts. That's it. That's them it. Too. There's no that no like Mark Marin and Mark who my brother, my brother oh. and me. Never heard of him. My brother and brother and you and no, all of the of all no. the brothers. Nope. Um, yeah, I just um, I just I just I just like doing this and it's fun. Yeah, and we get to talk to like to me like if that's as far as this ever goes, it was, it's worth it. Like we we've gotten to talk to people and yeah, when I say meet people. We've never yeah you know, really met any of these people, but. Um, just being able to get other people's perspective in the business and we're so antisocial. So this is kind of like the only way, this is our way of opening up Yeah, because we normally would have never, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no world in which we would meet the people that we met through, through doing this. So I feel like getting people's stories and perspectives and just talking with them and, and forming relationships with some of the people I think has been, um, well worth it. Yeah. We even got some donations from people. Mm Mm-hmm. We're a vital sign, so... Yeah, and send, uh, buy a shirt. Huh? Buy a shirt. Yeah, buy a shirt. We have shirts. Yeah, shirts. Go on our website, we'll click on the things, and you can buy a shirt. I keep saying I'm going to do other filmmaker shirts, but I haven't done it yet. Well, you're an overachiever. Yeah. So you got like 45 things on your plate. Yeah. You need to relax a little bit. Relax. Relaxy cab. So, shout outs. Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast, Not Up for Debate, um, Perry, our friends, Brandon and Blake and Colin. You know. Such good people. You know, the podcast peeps and yeah. John at Mega Brain. Yeah. And uh, who I believe is they, they're still selling stuff online. So, do, do patronize. In a good way. Yeah. Um, and check out their stuff. And, and, so, and, you know, like uh, Brandon and them, you know, we probably wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for them. Yeah. Brandon, you know, it's, yeah, we've, I, I believe we've mentioned this before, sure but have. we talked about it. We were like, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast like everything else. And it was something we really did intend to do, but mm-hmm. it was just like, we hadn't quite, there was just so much other shit going on. And then they invited us onto their podcast and I don't know why I, I, I thought that it would be much more, um, I guess, strict and not as fun. You know, I felt like this is going to be more like a job. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I guess I was like, so I, I wanted to do it. Job stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to want to keep up with something like that, if it's going to start feeling like a job. But yeah. um, it was just such a laid back experience that I was like, okay. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I, mean, I didn't want to start something I wasn't going to finish. Take you, it's the, our 100th episode, so we'll take you inside a little bit. But, you know, we've set it up, <laughs> or I've set it up in a way that is manageable that we can do it every week, you know, because um, we don't bank a bunch of episodes. We do yeah. them, and then yeah, we release week. them a day or two later. So, um, and, you know, through the years, we've... <laughs> Plural. Yeah, we've. I've set it up in a way that 
I can record it and edit it and get it all out and done in a, a minimal amount of time, you know, amount of time that doesn't make me dread having to, cause that's always the hardest part is the yeah. editing. And most of the bigger podcasts just have people that do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but we do not. No. That's me. So, um, so we always kind of, you know, we have an outline every week of what we want to discuss and we, we learned how to curb that as we continued to go. Yeah. I never wanted to have a, a scripted or, you know, uh, you know, things that we had to talk about. I mean, we had, like I say, we have topics and stuff and we just talk, but there's never going to be any kind of super strict kind of thing. But sometimes you listen to a podcast and somebody will like get up. Yeah. Go, you know, and you're like, why am I listening to this? <laughs> or maybe you're maybe you're interviewing someone for a podcast and they'll just oh get up and God. walk away. That did okay. All right. Do you want to go there? I'm not not naming names, but we did have a guest in one of the hundred episodes. Yeah. I won't say who. We had a guest in the middle of a conversation, just like get up and walk away mm-hmm. to go get something to drink. But we didn't know that until they came back with their drink and we thought, wow, this is interesting because we're we were Skyping with them. Yeah. So and they just continued like nothing happened. Yeah. There was no part where they were so like, weird. oh, um, I'm just going to grab a drink. Like, and we could be like, oh, okay. And then mark that. They were just talking. And then all you heard was their voice like trailing off for a second. And then nothing. It just yeah. went. And we were just sitting there staring at each other like, what's happening? Yeah. Where did they, are they, what's, what's it? Okay. We've had a, we've had a, you know, we've had a lot, you know, we've got, we had to, we never got, you know, we're still trying to get good old. Um, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Just, no, I was just saying I'm like... Not, we never, we got it, we never, we just I talked just, about how we don't want to waste people's <laughs> time. We just, what the hell was that? Well, no, it's just that, you know, we've been able to interview a lot of really cool people, you know, like uh, Ryan Connolly and and, and, and and everything. Um, we never got Philip Bloom. We're still trying to chase that <laughs> We're one. We're not well. getting Philip Bloom. Um, but... Yeah, I'm I'm just grateful to be able to have talked to like a lot of really interesting people. Yeah. There were a couple couple fangirl moments for me and it was just a cool experience. But you know, I I'd have to say overall that aside from that one time of that person walking off, we've never had like Yeah, it's always been um Everybody's been really professional and mm-hmm. and, and and really cool about it. And they weren't like walking away as if like they didn't care. I think they were no, just like they, just, they didn't even think they they'd never done a podcast. They think and so it's just like didn't even think of yeah. like and they maybe. may have been you know a little. <laughs> I'm doing the the international pot symbol. That was the just the the daddiest thing ever. Yeah. You just dad you just dad. I don't your know if they were that. high, but that's just how. It... I don't think they necessarily were. I think that's what made it so funny. Yeah. Just think this is how this person rolled, mm. and they just up and walked walked off so do you so for the next 100 do you have any goals in terms of guests or things you want to do with the podcast no okay no keep expectations low i just wing it yeah i mean that's because because then it then it becomes a chore i shouldn't say goals but oh we didn't i didn't get to do x y and z what a fucking failure yeah i am i'm just like i I just do the show and if cool things happen then cool things happen Uh, yeah We've already, I, I feel like we've had more success with, with this show than I expected to. Um, there are so many people that agreed to be on that I was like, there's no freaking way in hell they're going to answer this. Yeah. And then they did. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, you, really? Like, you'll come on the show? And they have. So it's, you know. It's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good with what we got. And we've had people come back. We've had people come back. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think just, I'd like to, I'd like to, um, I don't know. I'd like to be able to, I guess if I had to pick a goal, I'd like to be able to get 
more guests on that um, have like done stuff that I'm really into, you know, because sometimes we have people on whose work we're not familiar with and then we become familiar with their worth. And it's not like, oh, like celebrities, but there's like a lot of people that whose work that I like that are, yeah. you know, are very independent and stuff. But like Philip Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I hope for your sake that he actually comes on one day. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't have any think, expectation of that. I don't either, but I think my two, I have two big Never guests. Never hurts to ask. Two big guests that I'd love, love to have on in the next hundred episodes mm-hmm. is um, Philip Bloom and Andrew Kramer. Probably two two big ones I'd like to chat with. You've already met Andrew Kramer. Yeah, I've met him a couple times actually, but um, yeah. And that's it? That's it. That's it. All right. I mean, you know, there's the obvious ones, Tatiana Maslany and, you know, those, <laughs> those type of people. But that's just that's more like celebrity people. That's just living in your world. Yeah. That's just living in your world. Um, OK, so it's been a blasty. Thank you guys so much for sticking through it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the evolution of the Go Gorilla film cast. What's going on next week? No fucking clue. tune in to find out. No freaking idea. Right. But we'll be here. I do know that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Jesus. Hopefully, hopefully Jesus. If we're not here. That's not good. We've not missed a single week. We've got. We've come close. Come we've close. had shit happen that we're like, this is it. This is the one. This is the first I think time. We released on a Monday once. Yeah, there was once that we had to release on a Monday, but I've I've gone through several illnesses, several back sprains, mm-hmm. <laughs> pulled muscles, and I still there were a couple episodes that I sat here wincing because I was in pain. Yeah, but um, I'm still. I still did it. Still did it. Committed. <laughs> So we were, you know, generally people like to do, I know we're just dragging this ending out forever, but we don't want it to end. Yeah. Generally people do something big for their hundredth episode, but maybe we'll try to do something for our 104th episode because it'll be two years. You know? 104th episode? Yeah. I don't think much is going to have changed in the, in in the COVID department. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. How about that? Okay. We'll I'll see. That. Thank you for joining us, folks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.